Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Ladder Side of Baseball. And today we are going to be, luckily, we need Craig Kishon today because man, oh man, any mortal would be a little depressed about what's going on. We're on the brink of uh, a world war. We're on the brink of baseball not playing for a while, a month, two months, three months. And that would normally bum people out, but not us, man, because we are going to have a good upbeat show talking about uh, nothing that's upbeat, please. Oh, my goodness gracious. We need sanity to prevail in uh, baseball all the way across the oceans to the uh, continent of Europe. And, uh, you know, there's no sense getting into all that. It'll it'll be what it is, and uh, uh, hopefully it'll... It'll resolve itself somehow in a favorable way. Anyway, uh, that kind of gives you a historical perspective of where we are today. Uh, we are going to be talking uh, soon with Craig. I'm going to let him know that I have uh, sent him a link. And when he is ready to go, uh, we will get cranking because he, unlike me, has a busy schedule. I just have to try to figure out, you know, the simple things in life. And uh, we are, boy, we're in the snow belt. We're in uh, Chicago, Oak Brook, suburb of Chicago, and it is cold, cold. Can't play golf. Can't really go outside much. I mean, it's really chilly. Heading to Kansas City, we'll do a little podcast, hopefully, with John Watton and maybe Jason Grimsley. I'm going to try to get Bob Kendrick back on the show. You know, that was a good podcast. If y'all want to go listen to a good historical perspective of this show, that's a pretty good way to do it. We have a lot of interesting things. I keep wanting to dwell on uh, things that, that are important to, uh, I think, baseball, and that is during Black History Month, uh, the Negro Leagues. And so that's one reason I'm trying to get Bob King Kendrick to come back on the show. I might have to Take him down to Arthur Bryant's for a little lunch while I'm there. That would be fine by me if he wants to go to, uh, you know, Gates because Gates is on the board of directors for the Negro League Museum. Yeah, that's fine too. I'll go anywhere. I'll pick up the tab. Anything. The, the guy is so upbeat. Fun to listen to. Fun to watch. Uh, his show is not Black Aces. His show is Black Diamonds. So, Black Aces, as I said on the last podcast, and I know some of you folks really listen to these in detail, which is awesome. It's totally awesome. Anyway, you know my email address. Send me a link. Send me a send me your thoughts. You know my text, my phone number. Give me a call, and uh, we encourage that. And our listening audience is growing by leaps and bounds, despite the fact that we don't have any baseball. So now we're featuring minor league baseball. We're not going to talk about that quite yet today. Anyway, what we are going to talk about is uh, a couple things on the um, Black Aces. Black Aces, there are about, I don't know how many now, there might be 15, 16, 17 Black Aces. And these are major league players that are African-Americans that won at least 20 games. Um, you know, there are some well-known guys who you would expect to have won uh, that many games uh, by the likes of Mudcat Grant. He did that a couple of times. Bob Gibson, he did that numerous times. Sam Jones, toothpick Sam Jones, San Francisco Giants star. Then you go all the way to Earl Wilson, and then you go all the way to Fergie Jenkins. Uh, Dave Stewart did it like four or five times. What a stud. Mike Norris, same deal. Um, I think it was Norris. That was either a law partner of mine or a pitcher. And then... Uh, I think the most recent, uh, if I'm correct, was CC Sabathia. So, Black Aces, big deal. And uh, that's the Black Aces part of the deal. We talked a little bit about some of the Negro League stars that really never got their uh, proper notoriety. Uh, and, and it's all relative to Jackie Robinson. He's the guy, Buck O'Neill, Buck Leonard. There, um, but Fowler, I think, is going into the Hall of Fame with Buck O'Neill. That's exciting. So, I mean, I think it's going to be worth 
listening to the induction ceremony on July 24th, 2022, because Kendrick is going to speak on behalf of Buck O'Neill and Buck's family. And that's going to be good. And I think I've mentioned before that I got to know Buck personally when we had the world famous Omaha Royals and Buck, uh, before he became famous, um, was a scout for the Royals. And so Buck would sit up there in, uh, uh, behind a plate at Rosenblatt Stadium when he wasn't talking to my uncle. And he would have his radar gun with him every day. And by God, he was going to, uh, you know, talk baseball and uh, scout the game. And that's what he did every night in Omaha. And like I said, nobody knew who he was. I mean, I knew who he was. But the world didn't know who Buck was. So anyway, um, that's cool. Got a nice signed autograph. Buck O'Neill picture with him doing a little stretch at first base. He was an outstanding first baseman in the Negro Leagues and uh, became the first African-American coach in Major League Baseball with the Chicago Cubs. So that's pretty cool, too. Um, we talked a little bit about a Luke Easter. We talked a little bit about Monty Irvin. We talked a lot about Roy Campanella. I mean, it's just to me, all those old guys are really, really cool. They had great names, Double Duty, Ratcliffe, and, you know, Satchel, and all these guys had neat names. But then the transition years, I think, lose a little bit of luster um, because most of the transition players either played a couple of years because of the Korean War or World War II, and some of the slots were available. Jackie had broken the color barrier. That's going to... That that ins that that moment that breaking of the color barrier next year, um, I believe it's next year, the seventy fifth anniversary of uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. How cool is that? So that's something uh, they and, and again there there is a um, commemorative set of coins. And I'm going to figure out how to get one of those, how to buy one of those. They're attempting to raise $6 million for the Negro League Museum. And the way they're doing it is through a minting program that, uh, that they are going to have. And uh, so there we go. Um, we're going to check into that. And then we're going to visit with uh, Craig in a minute when he uh, checks in. Uh, he is always just a minute or two late. I don't know. He's famous. He's important. And uh, he may have done a podcast this morning. I don't know. But we're going to uh, play a little music, uh, have a little break. And when we come back on uh, SoundCloud and the other places you might get your podcasts, Apple iTunes, etc., we're going to be joined by my good friend, uh, Voice of the Bucks, Voice of the Brewers, Crankishon. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Ah, very nice. I'm the letter side of baseball, and uh, my producer, director, is in Honolulu, so man, he's not really giving me much insight. But we've got Craig Kishan on the line. It's been since January 5th. I went back and checked. He, wow. For the record, Craig's done 18 of his own podcasts and none of mine. But anyway, how are you doing, man? <laughs> a warm welcome for you is, uh, or from you, I should say, is, um, is always a delight, my friend. I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, never better, never better. And I, 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 I told everybody in an intro that even though we're on the brink of World War III and that uh, baseball season seems to be doomed, I'm going to be fun, upbeat, and enjoy talking to you, my good friend. So there you go. I like it. I like it. It, it is kind of funny how um, the World War III, however we want to term this, is, is happening during this baseball um, negotiation, if you even want to call it that, because it makes me think, um, if I were, if I were either of the two parties and the U S starts getting knee deep in this stuff, um, 
how little this would really seem. I like your hat, USMC. I went back and looked at my DD-214, which for all of you, the dodge the draft, that's the document when you get discharged. And it had my weight on it. And I'm plus 80 from when I got up. Well, it's it's hard not to be at this point, man. There, You know, here's the thing about it is, um, I was going to start getting back in shape again, but since spring training got canceled or, or, you know, put aside, I'm, I'm going to wait my 30 days. So I'm literally going to wait. <laughs> this is day one of my, my, I have like a thousand day ones. And I just happened to want to listen to my good buddies, uh, Kashan cast that you can get on YouTube, uh, whenever they drop it. And his co-host apparently was out for a while. And the first thing they talk about is his strange eating habits. And I had to laugh. I'm going, man, poor Kashan. Here's this yeah. guy. He, you know, he's fit, he's trim. And, and all he has to talk about is weird wacko diets and stuff. I like, I like, is it Stuart? Is that is it Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, James Stewart. He's our um, he's our producer for our shows that we do. And um, I think I told you he's the one who kind of instigated this uh this podcast and stuff. So it took, I don't even know, like podcast, video cast show, whatever it is, but it's, uh, it's few and far between. We haven't done one for a little bit. So I like the way folks, it's interesting. You can't see the video feed, but I love having a video feed because I like to see what, you know, on Craig's, his Kashan cast, he has Vince Lombardi in the background. Now I know he's got like every bobblehead ever made by the yeah, by the, the brew crew. God, it's fun to talk to you, man. It's all good, my man. And I like I like your background though, because I know all those baseballs you have uh going on there um are signed by somebody important. Well, they they are, man. I mean, I I've got some in Kansas City and I keep trying to bring them here, but but um as you can see, I've got a lot of uh, I don't really have that museum technical skill. So my ball, my balls and bats are kind of where they are. But man, oh man, I mean, from Whitey Ford to Bob Feller to Eno Slaughter, Eno Slaughter. I mean, I got some, but nothing compares to the 1973 All-Star Game program that I'm holding here in my hand. And uh, there is a fine photograph of uh, this guy that was with the Texas Rangers back then, none other than our buddy Nelly. I don't know if you can see that or not. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that's pretty cool because um, whoever Dave got this from went to the 1973 All Star Game, stapled the uh, ticket stub in there, and they sat in the upper deck for eight dollars at the 1973 All Star Game, huh? wonder who that was god only knows i don't know what she looked like <laughs> that's hilarious i, I love i love looking at um his playing pictures and and stuff because um nobody nobody changed with age more than davy did i think of people that i know because he had you know back when he played he had the he had like the pork chop sideburns and he had the the big old you know um fat mustache and and whatnot and as we as i knew him anyway in in his later days he was uh um his hair was very trim if not bald and uh facial hair very trimmed up so no pork chop sideburns uh in the in the 2000s for him no and the only way he would have stolen second base in those days in his later days would have been if we had gone over with a wheelbarrow taking it up off of the, <laughs> the park and Gone to our car because what well, would have taken both of us? <laughs> yeah. so there's a 1976 program from the American League Championship Series, and uh, once again, I don't know what her name was, but she, we got uh, we got all sorts of good stuff, and uh, that's that's the that's the Dave Nelson trivia day part two. Anyway. It's fun to talk. Good stuff. So now let me ask you this. You have, um, I, I know you don't do the video portion of this and, and, you know, we, we like to pretend that, uh, you know, we're radio experts during these, these very few moments we get to spend together. So 
Um, it's up to us to describe the action. And so the action I'm seeing behind you is this, um, is this beautifully uh, crafted uh, cabinet and shelving to store all your memorabilia. But yet, <clears throat> if, you, if, if folks would just imagine Jamie on camera, the, the most uh, prominent shelves behind you are empty. Are you, are you saving those for like a Super Bowl trophy from the Bears somewhere down the line? Or what are you saving right now? If there's any listener that can name the head coach and new general manager of the Chicago Bears, they get a free season ticket to the... To the <laughs> I see your bear. You do have a Bears helmet up there. That it's you're trying good. to hide, but it is on camera. Butkus or lacquer. That's a pretty good sign deal. Next to Muhammad Ali. And then I've got a, uh, um, I think a Roger Staubach, speaking of loyal, patriotic mil members of the military. Uh, so just so you can hear that, I've got my Dave Nelson, Joe Madden deal. I've got, uh, as soon as I start taking this off, the bats are going to come off the wall. I've got a bat signed by every shortstop from Chico Carrasquel to uh, Ozzie Guillen that played for the White Sox or that at least uh, did well. And then uh, I've got a Billy Pierce autographed White Sox hat. That's kind of cool. So wait a second. Now I got a question for you. The, the bat, you have a bat that's signed by every shortstop. Like explain that. Well, not every shortstop. Okay. The shortstops that I care about. That okay. would include Chico Carrasquel. Okay. Uh, that would include Luis Aparicio, Ron Hansen, one of my personal favorites, Ozzy Guillen, um, Omar Vizquel, and um, I think there's a couple others up there. Ozzy Guillen, I said before, my mind, mind's kind of going crazy. It's a so cool. Why, why shortstop? So I don't understand, like, why specific? So serendipity, you know, things happen for no reason in life. And I went to a, I don't know why, but I, way back when in my days when I was courting my wife, I took her to a baseball card show. The <laughs> <laughs> Comiskey Park to see Nellie and then over to a, uh, you know, the White Sox convention. I was God bless her. Yeah, it was a real, I wanted to impress her. And I bought a bat signed by Chico Carrasco. Obviously, I didn't see Chico. I'm not even sure if he was alive when I was there. And uh, so I had this bat, and then I just started thinking, well, I'm going to get other also, other shortstops to sign it. And um, and I, I did. And then I was, I took it to uh, Nelly's golf tournament in uh, the Queen Louise tournament in... Uh, in the Virgin Islands, <clears throat> and Ron Hansen was there. And so I got Ron, who was a rookie of the year, maybe, anyway, to sign the bat and whatever else I could put in my suitcase to have these guys sign. Gary Peters, another guy that I, big White Sox guy back in the, before you were born. And there was one guy uh, <laughs> who, who, I don't know, I, you never know who's going to hear these podcasts now that our listening audience is growing by leaps and bounds. There was a fella that played uh, for the Royals. He also sold a wide array of vitamin pills, and he bugged everybody continuously to sell vitamin pills. And I didn't really jive with this guy. Yeah. I'm in the parking lot, last day of the golf tournament, Ron Hansen, you know, we're hugging and, and he's signing his bat. And uh, amazingly, he didn't ask me for an autograph, but, but he signed the bat. <laughs> and we were laughing. I said, yeah, these are all the shortstops who played. And this guy that sold vitamin pills that, were, that was what Royal happened to also play shortstop for the White Sox. And he's running after me, Jamie. I played shortstop. Let me sign that bat. Be great with all those other guys. Says it's all right, man. I'm good. Nelly <laughs> <laughs> was with me. He just shook his head and was, man, can't believe that. But yeah, this guy was annoying and still is. He's still around. But anyway, we we don't. I, 
I think it's kind of a neat idea, though, if you think of um, if you think of maybe future shows, if we did, uh, if you'd had a if you had a baseball bat, you could put uh, 10 first baseman signatures on who would they be? Yeah. And you just kind of go around that way. I think you've you've started something that would um, generate um, something for your listeners to stand by for for future shows. So what would really be cool is if we could, you know, virtually construct that bat, the first base. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With people that have signatures that I have, for example, Roy Seavers. I got a ball signed by Roy Seavers, rookie of the year, 19, whatever. I've got an autograph of Lou Gehrig. That'd be another guy. Oh, yeah. So. Um, that'd be there's fun. a way to do that. You know, there's a way to do that. Probably an NFT that would be counterfeit and I'd go to jail or something, whatever an NFT is, man. So I don't even know. I don't either. <laughs> Let's talk about, are the bulls in first place in your division? I, I think they are actually. Should I check for you? How? I just, I didn't, I didn't get the uh, production uh, rundown by the way. We're late for the meeting, man. We had the production meeting. My producer's in Honolulu, and he was, you know, up in the middle of the night planning what we're doing tonight today. Well, he's like he's like um, seven hours behind you. Then how can he help us out, man? So the East, the East looks like this: the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls are tied. See, we don't do divisions anymore, by the way. I mean, there are divisions, but nobody cares about them. Really? So. Yeah. I mean, so if you can, you probably, this is how everything NBA wise is set up. They don't even put divisions anymore. They they're worried about who the top eight seeds are. That's it. So there, there are divisions and there, there are division champions, but nobody cares about them. Not even the teams that are in them. Do the players get money for winning a division? I don't think so. No. Wow. So, so we have Heat and the Bulls tied for uh, the top spot right now in the East. The Sixers, the Cavaliers, and the Bucks are next. They're two and a half games out. Uh, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Nets would be your top eight. And now they have they have the poor man's play-in tournament. So uh, that includes the 10 of the top 15 teams uh, in each conference. So, so there's that. But, yeah, so it's the all-star break. So you've got this two Greek guys that are pretty good from what I hear. Giannis. Giannis and his brother. <laughs> Whatever. Well, Giannis is good. So okay, we're out for breakfast in Chicago with another friend. And I don't know how, and they're, they've got a place up in Door County, which is in Wisconsin. You may never have been there. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> Near Packerland, I guess. Anyway, so somehow we start talking about, I don't know what, and she segues into uh, uh, Giannis and her love for Giannis and how he's got some book. She read the whole friggin' book. I didn't even know he, uh, he probably has a lot of things going for him because I think he won the MVP. So I understand the guy's got some, got some uh, smack to talk about, but uh, she read this old book and starts talking to me about Giannis and I'm going, and she could pronounce his last name and his brother and apparently knew his mom and dad's name. I, it's amazing, but uh, I love loyalty. He's a new trend, man. He's the new guy. Although he's not controversial at all, so I don't know how good the book was, but I, I, I'm guessing the book was probably more about, um, and it is an interesting story. In fact, Disney's doing uh, a movie about him that's about to be released. As not a movie about us. No, there's that's not in the makings as of um, yesterday. So, um, but yeah, so it's his life in in Greece and how poor they were and what they had to do to survive. And and um, he played soccer before basketball. Somehow discovered basketball was going to be his thing and. Dude, you should see a picture of him when the Bucks drafted him. He was 18 years old, and he's in his ninth year, and he's only 27 years old. And he wants and, to, like Robin Young, play every game in Milwaukee. 
Well, so far, so good. Plus, he's got uh, some ownership into the Brewers, so you got to like that. The new deal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a part of the uh, Patrick Mahomes. My kids would go, "Dad, you can't say his name right." He's got yeah. a part of the Royals, and right. you know that's the deal. Um, so, on your calendar, what you know you have in front, I'm coming up there on the 22nd, and I'm going to get a Bob Euchre seat in whatever the screwy name is of that auditorium. And then it's a seven o'clock tip off. I'm assuming you'll be working and you'll be done by whenever Ward's House of Prime would be uh, still open. Am I right? Mm, we'd have to check. So given that response, I might come in on the 21st for dinner and then go to the game. Sounds good. Or see if Brian would open up for lunch the next, but we're going to get there. I told you, um, I, I got on the list for more wine from Seabird. Now, this is a good operation that since Tom's no longer alive, that his wife has got. I bought, I got three bottles on my, you know, I played the Nelly card as far as I could go. And finally, I think Nancy got tired of my calling her every day and saying, boy, I need some GTS wine. So I well, got at least, at least you didn't show up one day uh, on 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 their uh, thousand mile um, ascend up uh, up the mountain where they live and and ring the gate and say we're here and bring a carload of people out of nowhere. <laughs> Talk about that. Like that that could be a whole nother. That how cool a day would that have been? I mean, that, that was a cool day because I was there. I know you were hanging with <laughs> Millie. That was interesting, but. Yeah. Millie, and then you throw in wine, and then you throw in a Hall of Famer, and then you throw in one of the best pitchers in the history of the game. That's a good time. I don't know how much wine you tipped, but um, so I got my my three bottle allotment, which used to be like a case of, of uh, allotted to you. And then they say if uh, we have extra, you you know, we'll dribble you a few bottles. So anyway, I got eight bottles total, and paid an exorbitant amount for the wine. And then I'm going, well, that was like a month ago. Where's my wine? And I start reading some of their website and they're going to distribute to California and Arizona and Utah. And then after they're done with all of that, like in May, they'll get some more wine that they'll be able to send to Illinois, you know, really for, you know, four months. And then I get the wine. I mean, how, <laughs> how brilliant am I? Oh my God. Anyway. Now, now, is that, have you ever encountered anything like that before and you've ordered wine? Generally, no. I mean, that's like news to me that they would even be offering it to you that far out. Like, what would be the point? Um, I, th I think that they had a year or two of pandemic and fires out there, and they were just in a hurry to, to commit people to their wine. I don't know. I mean, I've never, if... It wouldn't have altered my, I would have still bought whatever they would sell me, but I, I probably would have said, Hey, could you run it through my credit card closer to when you harvest the grape or jump on the grape or do whatever you do with the grapes? <laughs> oh, well, well, listen, I'll be looking forward to that then. I'll be bringing the model. It won't be the 19, 2019 is the vintage that, you know, I don't know. It's like baseball cards. I don't know much about it. I just buy them and, and collect them. And what I do with them, I don't know. It's the same with wine. I don't even drink much wine anymore. Uh, my wife does, but not not the amounts of stuff that I get. But Nelly, you know, we've laughed. He was ordering wine when he was in hospice. I mean, the dude wouldn't stop ordering. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about the funny thing about him and his wine was uh, when he was really getting sick. Um, and he was still at his condo, you know, he never locked the door cause you know, you'd call him and he'd say, just come in when you get here. So the door is never locked, but it's, you know, you open up the door and I'm, I'm speaking on your behalf here. Cause I know you'd share the same story. You're tripping over box after box after box of wine that's not, hadn't even been opened yet, but it's been delivered and, and, you know, he's never going to be able to have, but I think that was his security. So if anyone, if anyone came in, they'd be tripping over boxes and boxes of wine before they ever got to the guy. So. <laughs> yeah. And then 
at the end, he kind of started buying wine and putting your picture on it. You know, weird stuff. I mean, yeah, I still have my one bottle. It's called, I think he called it the A-Team, but I know he did it for a lot of people. So his friends. I thought it was just me. And then then I I heard it was you. And then another buddy uh, sent me a bottle of his wine with Dave. And I'm going, oh. (laughs) But isn't that typical? Because we all thought we were his best friend too. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, We've we've talked about everybody that talked to Nelly thought, this guy's my best friend, and for good reason. But um, yeah, no matter whether he's on his deathbed or not, there were still a couple things that he enjoyed in life, and he was gonna he was gonna enjoy that till the end. We won't elaborate on everything, but the wine was there, man. Oh, yeah. anyway, so baseball, wow, what do you think? Well, it's it's awfully disappointing. To I mean, I. I'm not saying that I didn't think it, it could get this far. And as of our chat here today, obviously, the um, the owners are basically saying we have four days uh, until they're going to start canceling games, regular season games, and not make them up. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's just, a, you know, an initial threat because it doesn't seem like the players are, are thinking it, you know, that matters at this point. But, I mean – it, it's just really too bad that that nothing um, nothing has happened um, of any significance since the, the end of last season, um, and and we're at the, this point now. I just don't I just don't understand um, why it's in anybody's best interest to do business that way. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not even like I'm being delicate about it. I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to let November, December, and January, and most of February, you know, go by with, you know, what we're seeing on paper and what they're negotiating and, and how far apart they are in so many, so many specific things. It just doesn't make much sense. Um, no. And I think that the uh, owners taking that position is just yet another um dose of salt in the wound of the players whether the wound of the players is warranted or not i don't know i think both sides are out to lunch i think both sides negotiating tactics are just absolutely horrible as they were when they were negotiating the pandemic uh return to play totally totally um crazy but you knew when the last week they come out and major league baseball says we are uh, canceling the first week of of uh, spring training games because um, we don't have an agreement with the players and uh, that's the way it is. And then the players come back and say, you guys are nothing but lion sacks of baloney. The reason that you canceled the game is because you're imposing a lockout. We could go play today under, you know, that last year's the last agreement and negotiate during that. And of course, I think to myself, well, I never heard that proposal. I never heard the Players Association slash Scott Boras say, well, we'll go under the old one until we can get a new one done. You know, the old, it's amazing how brilliant, and, and Reinsdorf would laugh if I called Bud Selig brilliant, but he and Fear, year after year after year, would negotiate a new contract while they were just finishing up the old contract negotiation mm-hmm. so that you know, since 1995, which was Selig, Fear, mostly, um, is, is labor peace. And now, um, after the last deal, the, whatever the guy's name is, Tony, whoever, was ridiculed by the agents. And that's why I think Scott Boris is calling the shots. And, and who's there but friggin' Max Scherzer, who's a puppet of Boris for good reason. He got him a lot of money. It's bad. I mean, if they get a deal, I'll be, I'll be one shock, dude, happy dude, I guess. I, I want to see some games. You want to make some money. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I, it, it's not, it's not a good situation. I don't think if, if we really start canceling stuff because, you know, people are going to be, um, 
I mean, let's face it, you know, some, somebody's got to buy product to, you know, make this all happen and make the television contracts work and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the, the further they, they almost, I'll call it like stiff arm the fans. Um, obviously, you know, it's just one of these situations I, I think is so different than when they did it 30 years ago. You know, life has changed in 30 years. There's a lot more alternatives to do a lot more things in life for entertainment. People's family dispositions and business um, goals have changed. I mean, you know, people people aren't relying on baseball specifically for anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, those days are gone. So I, I think this is part of what they're, you know, part of what they're going to have to deal with right here is the fallout and who wants to deal with that when you don't have to, you know, their, their games at a pretty good spot right now and the proposed changes they they have made to, you know, with the DH and, you know, a few other things to, you know, make this hopefully a better game in the future. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it's certainly not do or die, Jamie, but it's, it's just, it's just no fun to be a part of and, and, um, and to watch unfold when it's unnecessary. Well, yeah, I mean, you raise a lot of good points from the Pepsi, Coca-Cola, ESPN, Fox, all the all the uh, people that, all the corporations, all the entities that have to plan for 162 games or, or not. And the owners are just taking the, uh, the same tired uh, approach they take, and that is, Hey, those guys need to come back to work a lot more than we need them to come back to work. And it's the same old song. And then the players are going, this is outrageous. And then in a month, the 70% of the guys that don't make a million dollars a year are going to start needing money and go into the Nolan Arenados of the world and the Max Scherzers of the world and the, and the uh, Garrett Coles of the world and say, you guys might have 200 million bucks in the bank, but I don't. And I'm tired of this crap. And yeah. so it's a question of when does when when are those guys going to uh, come up, and then when are the large city owners going to give in to the small market owners, quote unquote? I mean, you're fighting a battle on three. You got the players, you got the owners, and then you got the small market owners. And we're like you said, we're the fans. Where are the friggin' fans? And, well, they're they're not at spring training, that's for sure. And you know, I. I mean, that's another thing that I, w- I was talking to some people about this recently. Um, if you think of three straight springs, um, how the states of uh, Arizona and Florida have always kind of planned out how they uh, how they house people, what an entertainment district uh, they have, the, the local businesses, um, you know, how things are taxed to help pay for some things that uh, can help some residents live there, that type of thing. For three straight years, you have no fans in these states for six six weeks, basically. Um, I know last year that they had a spring training, but it was so limited for you know fan viewing and stuff that certainly it took a hit. It took a hit the year before because it happened right in the middle. Of the, the pandemic cut it short right in the middle. And then, and then this year so far, nothing. So, yeah, you know, and it, and if there's a big rush to get spring training going, if they, if they get this thing solved on March 15th, a lot of people have, they, they're not going to go there and flock there and watch these guys practice for a month. They've already made their plans or canceled them. So, you know, it's too bad for those two States. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people that have already lost their, you know, their tickets that they were going to go to the first week. Um, in Arizona, a buddy of mine is going down to see the new um, Atlanta Braves facility, and he was all excited about that. Got tickets, and now that's not going to happen. Um, and and that's that's one end of the spectrum. The other end, how about the? And I don't know this guy from Adam, but how about the the poor guy that bought the Royals for a billion dollars three years ago? And his first year is the pandemic year. The second year is half of the pandemic year. And now he's got a strike on his hands. This guy hadn't had a chance to recoup a nickel. And, no. <laughs> you know, it's just, and number one, I don't know why I paid a billion dollars, but he did. And so um, he's, I mean, talk about a bad luck. And, and uh, so I'm trying to 
get a time with John Watham, who's just a super good guy who I think now has a new title with the, I think he's like the director of something for the uh, Royals. And they, they, they more than anybody, I think, really treat their, their alumni well. Anyway, so John's always interesting to, you know, they held their fantasy camp. He, he told me he runs a fantasy camp. So they were down and surprised with a bunch of old farts like me or younger, younger farts having fantasy camp. And I doubt if the turnstiles were humming to see those guys. That's good that they did because the, the Brewers canceled theirs. I don't know a lot of teams that had them. I don't know if like the Cubs still had theirs or, you know, it's almost surprising to me that any team did have one. Yeah, I was a little surprised too because I, I told Duke that I'd go down to the fantasy camp if I could be his like, you know, bench coach. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that would be too bad. Um, you know, the, 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 the arbitration, you know, that they're, they're arguing over, I think the owners are so still so pissed from getting screwed on, in their opinion on, on uh, what really raised salaries was the arbitration years. And the uh, um, luxury tax is such a hot topic between the small market guys don't wanna, don't wanna see that go up because they're having a hard enough time competing with the tax. And uh, so I don't know, man, it's just like you said, why in the world have they been, what have they been doing? So, you know, they haven't addressed the speed of the game. They haven't addressed the shitty announcing. I'm sorry, it's a family show. Every time I, I have these hot buttons, you know, you know me well enough. It's, there's a few guys that, 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 um, but the four hour games, come on, please. Well, that'll be, that'll be the very last thing, as you know, that, uh, that they will even address. And that's not going to be even in the coming years. I mean, they're, they're so far away from that. In my opinion, it's, you know, whether or not they had a, um, let's just say they, they, they get things together and they have a new collective bargaining agreement and they, they start playing on time. I still think all these things that they're talking about, this, the, the strike zone, um, uh, you know, if they're going to have a, a, a visual umpire instead of a real umpire make the calls, to me, they're still so far away on making that um, reasonable. I'm not sure if you and I will still be on this earth if, you know, that ever really goes through. I, I just don't see it. Um, and I and I think like anything else, you know, when it comes to, to video in any sports, um, nobody's consistent with their approach. Nobody borrows ideas from another league, uh, what works, what doesn't work, at least in my opinion. They, they may say they do, but I, I see what works. Like, I, I don't watch much tennis, but I see what works in tennis, and they resolve an issue on a replay um, in seconds. And it comes out, this is what it is. They visually show everybody, basically on a, on a graphic that they have set up, and they, they keep playing, you know, and um, all this stuff now with all sports is going through this, Jamie. I know you don't watch a lot of NBA and college basketball, but they're going through this in the final five minutes of games now. Who's the ball off of, you know, who really deflect off of? Because somebody makes a call and it's pretty obvious what the call is. But the other team says, well, we're within five minutes. You got to go on replay and check it. So off they go. and. You know, there there are times where we'll get two or three replays in a row on plays down the stretch, and it's like going through a whole halftime. There's no action on the court. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes guys call timeout with a 14 point lead, and the other guys don't like that so well. Not <laughs> them badgers. Let's that was a good one, that. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we were watching the end of that game, and we're like, "What is happening?" Yeah. It was a you, you were you watching that live, were you? No, by chance. But I, but you know, so to watch it live or to be there was an absolute. That was one of the more stunning things I've seen in a long, long time in sports. Were you at the game? No, but we were we were watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just like, and if the guy hadn't been part of the Fab Five, I think they'd have fired him on the spot. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was if he was fired. The bad part about anything is is having a, um, you know, a history of, out, of you know, um, verbal out, output, uh, outbreaks, whatever. And 
you know, then for it to become physical, you know, you're the, you're the face of the entire organization and, you know, it opened the door for, for players to start. The players are the ones that, that landed some haymakers and, um, and stuff, but it's because the coach pretty much said, go, go for it. Look what I'm doing. Go for it. So that was crazy. That, that was totally crazy. And, you know, I'm surprised that coaches don't go after Izzo. I mean, that guy from the, from the first second to the end is like crying on the refs. I, how that guy doesn't get teed up every game three or four times is beyond me. But again, I don't, I don't watch much of that, but how about Badger hockey? What's going on with the hockey team? I mean, our hockey team's not very good, Jamie. Oh man. That's like, they stopped selling, uh, um, you know, that good beer that you can buy up there in, uh, in Wisconsin. Well, the days were, uh, were hockey to go to the, games at the Coliseum and then uh, with about a minute left in each period, rush downstairs and, and get as many beers as you could have in your hands for intermission for 20 minutes and then rush back upstairs and watch 19 of the 20 minutes of the next period and then get back downstairs. Yeah. Spotted cap being sold at the arena. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they might have it over there. So when, when the bulls um, or when when the college teams play at the United Center, they sell beer, which is kind of weird. And if you go to Lawrence, Kansas, they don't sell beer. You know, so if it's on campus, I don't know. Don't get me started on the NCAA. That'd be old. That'd be a downer. And today, I don't want to get things are bad enough to get to get down. What? Um, so, how often is your podcast going or your YouTube video project? We, we've been day? doing like once a week. So. You know, we, we went through a few stretches where, you know, you, you're busy and, and I mean, sports is busy. So it's, you know, you can get a couple during the week and stuff, which is kind of nice. But, uh, you know, I, I was telling James on our last one, I said, you know, we're we're doing this just before the All-Star break. And then that lasts a full week. Football is over. We had the Super Bowl um, and, and baseball right at that time said, you know, spring training is going to be delayed. And I said, you know, in sports right now, and the Olympics are ending in sports right now, if you don't like college basketball for this week stretch, you got nothing to watch. Yeah. Or bet on. Or yeah. bet on. True. Yeah. Yeah. Become so big. But yep. uh, yeah, the Olympics were the Olympics. And, um, you know, the NBA is just, I didn't even, I, I, I knew the Bulls had had a good stretch, but, but it seemed to me they lost a bunch of games. So I was, I was shocked when whatever I looked at this morning, whether they called it a division or not, the Bulls were were up there and the Bucks were a little behind. But, um, uh, you know, just, God, baseball. It's, it's um, so doing a baseball podcast, um, there's nothing to talk about other than, you know, renew a few minutes with my good buddy. What you know? What do you? Oh, we need to come up with. Uh, we need to do the bad idea uh, by by position. I think that would be kind of fun. That would be cool. Because you know, like you you brought out, uh, um, was it uh, Ron Hansen? Yeah. So now I remember. I don't remember him as a player, but I remember he he was a coach of the Brewers for a long time. I'm pretty sure. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I think he was a base coach and an infield coach maybe, but, um, you know, guys like that, like what's your list look like, which my, what my list looks like, because we're, we're lucky because we cross different generations, you know, you go way back in probably the 19 teens and I go into the 20 teens because yeah. of our age gap. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, my gap seems to be getting bigger. Um, so you know, the, here's how my brain works. Ron Hansen um, traded for Louis Aparicio. Hansen had come up through the Orioles. The White Sox traded Aparicio to the Royals, and they got Ron Hansen, Dave Nicholson, who hit a shot out of Comiskey Park, one of only three or four guys to actually get over the um, outfield facade, and um, Pete Ward, and I believe Hoyt Wilhelm might have been in that deal. So, I mean, can you imagine now trading away? Look at the Cubs trade Chris Bryant. He's no Louis Aparicio, but they get 
nothing for them. And back then, you know, trades meant something. It was, you know, the flannel era. But I like your idea. And and maybe we'll uh, we'll have a production meeting. And that way we'll have a little heads up on doing one or two positions, um, you know, every couple of times that you get freed up. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kashan, you know, he said, what's a good time for you? And I go, anytime. And for him, he's got stuff going on. You're in the prime of your career. Well, I don't know about that, but I try to think I have stuff going on. But you missed thinking about getting ready for, you know, your show at, at Miller Park or whatever they call it. American Family Field. Yeah. I mean, we're booking, uh, we're booking concerts there now. Picked up for you and Vinny. And, and it, you know, it could be a while before that happens. But, you know, those are, that, you can do all you want for the, for the Bucks. You can even play guard, and I probably wouldn't be that excited. But for your shows, I'm ready, man. I am ready. And so you've got to be. You know, <laughs> we, may, we may have to have a show regardless. Yeah. I mean, I think, I know you've got those two guys, Vinny and the other guy. They're both Tim good. Billard. Tim yeah. Billard. Yeah. And so, like, who's thinking about those guys except me right now? Nobody. You know, it's like the furthest thing from any fan. You are a hundred on that, my friend. But still, I'm ready for it, and, and it's a good product and everything else. What else is going on? Anything exciting? Uh, we're Ryan. going to. Uh, we're prepping to. Uh, my son studying abroad in uh, Barcelona, and mm-hmm. uh, and and his actual girlfriend is in Madrid, uh, and so we're doing a March trip. Uh, we we blocked it out um, according to the Buck schedule, so. Uh, we're going with, uh, uh, my other son and, and his girlfriend. And, and so we're going to, we've never been over there before, so we're looking forward to that. So that's our, we're planning that as we speak. And, um, uh, you know, the bucks at, at least, you know, I know we're not going to have baseball for, for a, a duration here or whatever, but, um, I'm still planning a deep bucks playoff run that could, uh, could still keep me busy into June if, if it all goes well for another NBA finals. So, and that's Valley sports network also, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, a lot of stuff's national, but just like last year, you know, we'll um, I think we get to do the first round of the playoffs and then, and then after that you can do your pre and post game shows to, to however many you want. So you have any contact at all off season with uh, Uke? Bob Uecker, for those of you who don't know. Who Not directly, but I know he's doing well. And, um, you know, he just turned 88 at the end of uh, January. And and um, he's ready to rock and roll. I know that. I, and I know there's one guy right there who misses not having the guys around because he, he's over there every day of spring training. So, um, man, oh, man, I mean, there's a, there's a perfect reason to not have a strike, you know? How right. Many, you know, how many – we're all like, I, I got a physical a while back and my doctor goes, you like hockey? And I go, yeah, I like hockey. And he goes, well, you're in the third period. And I go, I mean, we've all got that limited time. <laughs> you're like, thanks. Is it early third or late third? Overtime. We got to have a shootout and then an overtime. <laughs> but, um, you know, I suppose better than football the last quarter. But, you know, for me, nobody cares. But I care how many games left in Euchre's, you know, vocal cords. And uh, he, it's just so much fun to listen to, you know, those those announcers. I, it's, it's just like, I don't know what. Um, you know, I feel the same about, you know, who my, my list of guys is, including yeah. Kishan. And if you were teamed with Plezak every day, that would be, uh, you know, go to the ballpark and, and listen to that crew. But Dwayne Stats and, and uh, Tom Hamilton and some of those guys. But, you know, Uke's on the, you know, he ain't getting any younger, I suppose. But, man, oh, man, he, he's just sounds young. You know, he sounds fun. Well, he's had, he's had really some really good stretches um, since he uh, decided a few years ago not to, not to travel anymore. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't miss traveling. I mean, it, it, it's fun for a while. Um, but, you know, he, he also played the game for a number of years and has been broadcasting twice as long as me. And I, I think, you know, 
I think the road, it, it gets to a certain point of your life when you're having some health issues like he had too, that, Hey, you know what? I'll just do the home games, man, drive home. And then team can head to the airport and be gone for two weeks. And, uh, you know, he still likes to golf and fish. He still takes his boat out on Lake Michigan. Um, and, uh, so you, you just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. So his vocal cords are still as strong as ever, man. I know. And I, that's why we can't have a strike. So hopefully, I don't know what'll get into Scott Boris and mighty Manfred, but, um, we can only hope now, man, I, I see today is kind of pivotal in the, in the negotiations. That would be Thursday. I can see them telling each other to go jump in a lake and not doing anything else. I think if they come back tomorrow and maybe over the weekend, there's some hope. Um, don't but don't know. you think we have to see uh, and understand that that they're on to something here? Um, I think I think from what I've seen, they're not on to anything yet. Um, you know, when it, when the players propose and I, I thought one of the interesting things that they proposed, which isn't a bad thing, was this bonus pool money for you know, for the uh, younger arbitration el eligible guys that that they can actually if they're high performers, they can they can get, you know, a few extra million, maybe, uh, or at least another million. But I mean, we're, you know, I, I, I was on a show last week saying it's ironic that in a multi billion dollar industry for both sides, owners and players, that we are actually talking about a hundred and fifteen million dollar proposal from the players and a twenty million dollar counter proposal by the owners for for a young player bonus performance basically um, during their early arbitration years. I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't make sense. We're we're looking at a small amount of millions of dollars in this multi billion dollar industry. That's a huge setback right now in negotiations. Um, Doesn't that seem bizarre to you when you look at that number? Not only is it bizarre, but the point you bring up is, is it's not about the money. You know, it's really right. not about the money. It's very a, good point. Yeah. Friggin call uncle first. Yeah. When is that going to happen? Is it going to be the all-star break? Really, the owners will be happy playing 80 games and then a, as big a playoff as you can, you know, force down the uh, Players Association. It's all about, we're going to show those son of a bitches. And then the flip side is, they're not going to control me, man. You know, the 13th Amendment's over with. Now, like, you, you know, one guy paid a billion dollars for a small market team and another guy signed a contract for 240 million. So come on it's not about money it's just principle and you guys think you ought to have a bigger share you think you ought to get a percentage of the gambling you think you ought to get a percentage of mlb network and maybe they should maybe they shouldn't but as miller marvin miller knew you can't get everything at every negotiation so let's get something done save face and save the fans and get on down the road. So let's focus this year on arbitration and next year we'll focus on free agency and then we'll focus on the luxury tax. But let's get, we'll, we'll give up all that stuff, owners, if you agree to two-year arbitration. You save on the luxury tax, you save on blah, blah, blah. Let's just get an agreement on this and then we'll go down the road again. And everybody looks like a hero. It's just, it's what would always irritate me and I've settled thousands of lawsuits is when, you know, somebody says, well, I'll settle for 50 million. And you go, no, I'll give you 10 million. And then they come back and they say, well, now it's 55 million. You know, it's just that they know that that's just going to piss the other side off. And yeah. that's what players did. So now yeah. they're both pissing each other off, which doesn't lend itself to a good result Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I don't know. No, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. The point I bring up because, you know, your, your, your counter and your observation is a hundred percent what this is all about. And it has to be something on paper. So that's just on paper. Um, and, you know, it, it goes as, as little as, um, well, we settled on the DH. Well, we knew that was coming. Okay, great. 
Uh, the uh, owners want the expanded playoffs and the players are going, not just yet. Right. They can't even agree on that. You know, and it, it's stuff seems simple, uh, but it's not, but it's, but it comes down to uh, a ploy and tactics. And I do agree with you. Um, as much as I understand that these guys want to get it all done at one time and play for five years and not worry about stuff, it shouldn't be the case, even if you are, you're able to do that, because you said earlier, um, and this was the greatest thing for, you know, 20, 25 years about baseball, they got things done before the next contract was had, was going to expire. And there's no reason to say, let's do this for five years and work on some other things and promise each other that these are going to be at the top of our list. But we have five years to figure this out. You know, we couldn't figure it out in five months. I don't know why, but let's figure this out in five years. So, and you know, it's just, I think Selig uh, and Fear have, number one, I think they were realistic enough to, to go the extra yard and, and maybe give up more and get less with, depending on which side you're on. And now with Scott Boris in there and his players, hooting and hollering that you got screwed last time and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, it just, you know, the owners, it's our game. It's our deal, you know. If Nolan Arenado and Scherzer want to try to buy a team, they got enough money, come buy a team if you want some of the prospects. And the players, are, like I said, the younger guys are going to be the ones. And then, I, you know, in 95, there was, there was a some um, outspoken people that could articulate the fans position. There was always an article in the paper about the fans are going to unionize or here there's nothing. I mean, I don't, it's almost like the fans were kind of insulted and we're, you know, we don't like it anyway. Uh, but, but this is, but that's also a good point because that's, that's what I was talking about earlier about how times have changed over 30 years from a fan's perspective. I'm I'm not even talking about the the owners or the players. It's from a fan's perspective, and and that's where you got to wonder sometimes um, because this whole negotiation and the ploys and the gives and the and the pulls uh, that's all that's all old school stuff. I mean, that's just how you do business. But um, do you care about the fans or not? And do the fans? actually in turn really care or not. And I know a lot of them just don't anymore. Gamblers are going to get to bet on spring football because there's two competing, you know, professional spring leagues that are cropping up. The right. USFL and then something else. So, I mean, the betters can go bet on, they don't care. It can be a dog race for all they care. So I don't know it, um, you know, and then I've looked back at history and how, fans stayed away and a lot of people that I know you heard said I'll never go to another major league game again screw them and then Sosa and McGuire have their home run battle and it's all you know um, formatted on PEDs and baseball loves it until somebody found out that the public didn't think PEDs was such a good idea I mean it, and here Sosa and McGuire saved baseball after the 95 work stoppage and they are like persona non grata, especially Sammy. Yeah. 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 Well, I know. It, it's it crazy. Like, it's crazy. That's most home runs and he got like four votes for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's goofy, yeah. isn't it? Uh, it? It's very much so. Very much so. You got the NBA, man. You know, they seem to be happy now. The hockey seems happy. And so all you got to do is keep, uh, keep your gig going and uh, that'll... Now, I'm a little concerned. Hopefully, you're not on Ukrainian air connecting through Kiev on your way to Barcelona. Well, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been looking closer at world maps than I ever have. <laughs> no lie. Follow <laughs> that a little while before you uh, hope you're. Yeah, well, that, that and the fact that I want my kid to get back in May safely. Yeah, I don't think I'd be taking a scenic trip to St. Petersburg or anywhere like that. Right no, I don't think so. I don't think so. You are right on. All right, buddy. I love talking to you. Um, production meeting next time will include some, what, who would be on 
your third base bat. If you had a bat that you got seven or eight autographs, including, you know, Brooks Robinson down to uh, Ron Santo. I'm digging that. I think that's a great idea. That's going to look brewery. I have a funny feeling. We'll see. I love it. Got to counter the cub one. I love it. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. Don't go anywhere. And I'm going to uh, pause this deal because like my production guys on the beach in Honolulu. So for Craig Kashan, and again, for all you folks, listen, all you got to do is Google. I could even do it. Kashan cast YouTube, be a follower. He'll appreciate it. Hold on.